Hello, friends, and welcome to the PrepWell podcast. I'm your host, Phil Black. And if you have an 8th, 9th, or 10th grader with big aspirations, like the Ivy League or military service academies like West Point, ROTC, or athletic scholarships, boom, you've come to the right place. My specialty, my superpower, if you will, is preparing families for these competitive programs. I'll teach you what your child should do, when they should do it, and how you can help. So stick around and prepare to out-prepare. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the PrepWell podcast. In today's episode, I want to discuss the age-old question of how much help we should give our children during their high school years. Now, most of us have heard of or seen or experienced the two extremes. One extreme is the helicopter parent who does virtually everything for their child, often leaving the child with very little confidence in their own abilities. And the other extreme is the hands-off parent who leaves everything up to the child, claiming that it's up to them to figure things out. And of course, in the middle, there are the parents who try to do a little of both of these things. I call these the hedgers. And I haven't seen any literature on what percentage of parents fall into these three categories, but common sense and anecdotal evidence and the bell curve would suggest that most parents fall in the middle. Let's call it the middle 60%. And the tails on either end at about 20% each. Again, I have no idea how accurate this assessment is, but for our purposes, let's assume that this is about right. In fact, let's assign some numbers to this concept. If you are a completely hands-off parent who believes that your child should essentially figure out everything on their own with very little intentional help from you, you would be a one on a scale of one to 10. On the other end of the spectrum, if you're a full-blown helicopter parent who smooths out every conceivable bump in the road for your child so that there is little to no challenge or conflict or failure, you would be a 10 on the scale. If theoretically, you're a parent who tries to hedge your bets and do a little of both strategies, then let's say you're a five. So my first question is, where as a parent do you fall on this spectrum between one and 10? And second, is it working? In other words, is your current level of involvement working for your child or your children? And is it working for you? In my business, and of course in my family, I happen to see a lot of extremes. The classic hands-off parent, who's a one on the scale, will enroll their child in Preppel Academy and basically tell me, I want Jane to run this thing. This is her thing. If she wants to watch the videos and listen to your advice, great. But I'm not going to push her. I'm not going to force her to do anything. It has to come from her. And usually this parent feels very proud about this perspective on this particular issue. Maybe that's how they were raised, or maybe that's just their worldview. And I really relate to the sentiment here, and I like the idea of encouraging self-reliance. But there can be some downsides to this approach as well. So here are some pros and some cons to the classic hands-off approach. Let's start with some pros. When everything is left up to the child, and they are left to sink or swim on their own, the consequences can be extreme, meaning 
If they swim, they really swim. But if they sink, they really sink. If they do figure it out on their own, it's a huge win. As a parent, you roll the dice and you won. They've built self-reliance, they believe in themselves, and they will likely transition into college and life pretty well because they've built up a lot of agency. They did it. As this child's parents, not only did you win the game, but you didn't have to do anything. And now, isn't that convenient? Because frankly, I think some parents who take the hands-off position, they do so because either, number one, they don't have the time to deal with helping their child, or two, they don't know how to help their child, or number three, they don't have the energy to figure it out. So they figure they'll put the onus on their child and hope for the best. Now, sometimes this is intentional because that's how the parent was raised and they want the same for their child. And sometimes, honestly, it's because it's more convenient for the parent. This happens to be a high-risk, high-reward bet, in my opinion. On the other hand, if they sink, they often sink hard and fast. Because left to their own devices, without a lot of support, or mentorship, or help, many teens simply don't know what to do. They don't have any experience. Especially with COVID delaying their life for 18 months, they've never been a teenager before, and the stakes these days, they get pretty steep pretty fast. They don't know how to create a study schedule. They don't know how to manage long-term projects. They don't know what constitutes a good meal plan. They don't know how to write an appropriate email. They don't know how to brand themselves. They don't know how to do any of these things. And why should they? No one has taught them yet. And as I've talked about many times, if teens have no clue about college or the admissions process by the time they become sophomores, they're in trouble today. And to think that a 14 or a 15-year-old will, on their own, with no guidance, have the wherewithal and the foresight and the self-motivation to engage deeply in schoolwork and extracurricular activities and standardized testing, that's asking a lot, especially if they have a smartphone. And for the teens who can't pull this off, the sinking happens very quickly. And if they're too late to make anything out of the college admissions process, then what are their prospects? Now, I'm not suggesting that they're doomed if they don't get proper guidance during high school, but I certainly think that they're going to be starting way behind the curve compared to the kids who were dialed in, and they'll have to climb out of it. It's not impossible, but the road's going to be tougher. I would say that this might set them back five or 10 years compared to the students who go through high school with a plan. It's recoverable, but it's a pretty deep hole. So as a parent, you'll need to decide whether or not your child's risk of sinking and getting five or 10 years behind is worth it. Is the trade-off worth it? It's a risk assessment that you'll need to make. On the other extreme, I will have helicopter parents who are a 10 on the scale, who enroll their children in Preppel Academy and insist that the kids sit down with them every single week and watch every single video together sitting side by side without fail, they will force their children to take notes and fill out their journals and listen to my podcasts. They will also schedule phone calls with me 
where the parent asks all the questions and the parent answers all of my questions and the child doesn't get a word in edgewise. Now, what can go right or wrong in this scenario? Let's start on the cons. I think we would all agree that too much parental involvement can become counterproductive. If you're too much in the weeds and too much in your kid's business, there's an immediate pushback no matter how diplomatic you are. Teens pushing back is part of their DNA. It's built into their system. They're not necessarily pushing back because they don't like you or that you're a bad parent or even that they think what you're saying is wrong or a bad idea. They're pushing back or they're rebelling because they are hardwired to push back. Evolutionarily, their mind is trying to convince them that they don't need your advice. Because if they had to listen to every word you said and consider it gospel, then what would happen when they leave and they're on their own and you're not there to tell them what to do? They're wired to resist and see what happens. Even if the outcome is suboptimal, they still get the sense that they made a decision and they live to see another day. It's a survival instinct. So pushing too hard and clearing too many obstacles, even if they don't push back, will not necessarily do your child any favors. Because the helicopter parent has two problems to be nervous about. One is the reflexive pushback, no matter what the topic is, which is annoying and creates tension in the family. Or two, their child goes along for the ride and they don't push back and they let you do everything for them which gives them very little confidence that they can do anything on their own. Now, what are some pros to being a helicopter parent? There is some upside. By constantly being on top of them, kids feel supported and valued. They get to see an adult in action. They get a taste of what they should be doing, even if they're just observing you do it. Now, is that better than getting no help at all and not having anything or anyone to model from? I don't know. That's debatable. By watching a well-meaning parent do their thing, they can get exposed to the way things should be, presumably, which can be a plus. The other plus may be that with their parents' help, they excel in school and sports, even if artificially. If a parent is helping them nightly with homework and essay revisions and ensuring that their child gets the best teachers and being a strong advocate for them, this may lead them to doing well in school, which may help them present well on their college applications, which may help them get into a good college, which may set them up for success later on. The question is, how fragile is this success? Are they a paper tiger that when challenged for the first time will crumble? Will they fall down in the fetal position and not know what to do when they're faced with any type of obstacle? That's the bet that the helicopter parent is making. And it's a real one. I have seen firsthand students who have gone in both directions. They've taken the help and they've run with it and never looked back. Or they've crumbled at the first sign of turbulence because their helicopter parent wasn't there to smooth things out. It goes both ways. And the last strategy is the hedger strategy. This is a parent who's about a five on the scale. The parent who understands that this process ideally should be owned by their 14-year-old, but in reality, they know that this is a lot to ask and a lot to bet on. The parent who understands 
that clearing some obstacles from their child's path might help them get over the hump to the point where they can start clearing obstacles on their own. The parent who walks the fine line between hands-off and helicopter. The parent who swallows hard knowing that their child is about to screw something up and they let it happen anyway. The parent who does their best to let their child fail, especially on smaller, less consequential things, but also takes a stand when their child is about to make a monumentally bad decision. This is not an easy path to take as a parent. You are walking the razor's edge. This type of parenting takes engagement. It takes an understanding of what is supposed to be happening and managing it with your child's best interest in mind. It takes a lot of discipline to back off when you know the project or the essay or the email would be better if you just did it yourself. A parent who wants to be a hedger has to toe the line. Obviously, a hands-off parent abdicates their responsibility and leaves it up to their child, so they, as the parent, are off the hook. That's convenient. The helicopter parent does everything, and while that takes a lot of time, the helicopter parent doesn't have to expend the energy trying to figure out when to help and when to hold back. It's all help all the time, which can also be a convenient mindset. It's the hedger parents who really need to be on their game at all times because they have to take cues from their child, which, as we know, change all the time. They know the child the best, and they have to decide when to push and when to pull, when to help and when not to help. And making these decisions is not always convenient or fun or effective. And before we end today, I did want to mention that there is no right or wrong parenting style here. Each of the strategies we've talked about today have their pluses and minuses. And of course, one child might respond better to one method and a different child to another method. If you have multiple children, you probably have seen that children are different. I've seen it even in identical twins. I have identical twins. One handles one strategy better than the other. You may have one child who reacts well to the hands-off approach, but who thrives with the helicopter approach, and yet another who resonates with the hedger approach. So as I wrap up today, I challenge you to think about what type of parent you are and what type of parent you want to be and what type of parenting style would work best with your child or your children on a case-by-case basis. I built Prepwell Academy to serve the needs of all three styles. For the hands-off parent, Prepwell Academy provides your child with an automatic mentoring plan that will do all the heavy lifting so that you don't have to do anything. And its success will be contingent on whether or not your child actually engages with the material on their own. For the helicopter parent, Preppel Academy provides you with an exact blueprint to follow every week, even if you're the one and I'm not the one who delivers that message to your child. And lastly, for the hedging parent who wants their child to build some self-reliance, but doesn't want to bet the ranch that their child will do it 100% of the time on their own, Preppel Academy allows and encourages the student to engage, but also gives the parent the tools and the timelines that they need to make sure that train keeps moving down the track. That's all I've got for you today, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the continued support. 
If you know a parent with an 8th grader, ninth grader, 10th grader, or a high schooler that might find this helpful, please share the episode with them. You can do that by finding that small box with the tiny arrow pointing up. That's the share button. Click that button. Text your friends a link to this episode. Put a little personal note in there from you recommending that they give it a listen. Of course, if you have questions, comments, or an idea for an upcoming episode, please reach out to me by email, DM me on Instagram, check out our blog, Facebook, connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you. Until next week, goodbye, good luck, and never stop preparing. This podcast is brought to you by PrepWell Academy. PrepWell Academy is my one-of-a-kind online mentoring program that delivers to your ninth or 10th grader a short, highly relevant video from me every week, every Sunday, in fact, where I give them a heads up about what they should be thinking about to stay ahead of the game. To get these valuable lessons into your child's hands, please head over to PrepWellAcademy.com and enroll your child today.